everybody, welcome back to Fresh Out the uh, Podcast. I am the board game bureau game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. It's me, it's me, Casualty CDG. I am the improv comedian. I'm the professional media and movie mastermind, the Funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and welcome to episode 52 of Fresh Out the Podcast, which, 52... The same amount of weeks in a year, and we've had a podcast out every week, which means this is a full year of podcasting. Hell Can yeah. you believe it? Happy, you happy good about. I've got. I'm enjoying a candy bar in celebration. It's funny that we're a year into this, and you're you're breaking like the number one rule of podcasting, which <laughs> don't is don't eat, eat on microphone. Because people well, usually don't like don't. that. People I usually don't, don't like that. But I do like and candy. Some, some people really like it, though. Are you doing mm-hmm. it in celebration of one mm-hmm. year, or did you just happen mm-hmm. to have it? Mm-mm, no, it's a celebration. I think I earned this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, one year of podcasting. We haven't missed a, a week, which is crazy. It's quite the... Actually, and we've we've done an episode every week with a couple bonus episodes. Really, we've done more than fifty-two, but those were bonus episodes. Yeah. They weren't they weren't canon, right? <laughs> yeah, this this marks Love the that. actual like one year mark, um, which is just crazy. I don't know. I, my mind's kind of blown that we stuck with it this long. We have fifty-two published episodes of this podcast, uh, and we have quite a few like listeners and viewers and whatnot, and it's been uh, really cool. I wonder if people are still wondering what candy bar I had treated myself to earlier, or if that's off of their minds completely. Oh yeah, what kind of candy bar were you eating there, champ? Um, maybe we'll just let the mystery linger a bit longer, but I'm glad that you're now on the edge of your seat. Hit uh, at CasualtyCDG on Twitter with uh, your guesses as to what candy bar he was eating. Ooh, I'll eat a candy bar every week if it gets us a candy bar sponsorship. <laughs> ah, that's fair. So if you had to pick a favorite podcasting moment from our year of podcasting, what are you going with? Ooh. It's kind of a hard question. I did, I did not pre- prepare either of you that I was going to ask that. I really liked when you um, asked us uh, what Autobot or what Transformer we would be. <laughs> That's that, right. That was exciting. That's right. I, I still like the James James the Rock Johnson. Yeah. James the Rock Johnson is hilarious. A big fan of James the Rock Johnson. That one really sticks out. Um, you slowly realizing that I'm obsessed with zombies and quickly growing tired of me talking. Can about tell zombies. you what my least. I can tell you my least favorite moment of the podcast. Sea of Thieves. This might this might be one of my favorites. When Jahan pretended not to know about the Will Smith Chris Rock slap, huge fan. At the Oscars. I was a huge fan of that moment. That was really golden. Will Will Smith slapped James the Rock Johnson. I knew, I knew you were gonna do this. I knew, I knew you were gonna act again like you didn't know. I don't know what you're not talking about, it. Drew. I don't know. What you're not having about. it here today. The Oscars. Well, it was, there was a little slap and tickle. Let's just say there's a little slap and tickle. A little slap. Um, I've actually been watching a bunch of Netflix comedy stand-ups like, since then. Um, Netflix is doing like a whole stand-up thing right now, presented by a bunch of different celebrities. And they, everyone is like trying to make a joke about it now, about the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap thing. I know, the I've funny thing about that is the only person I want to see make a joke about it is Chris Rock himself. Like I, like I don't care about anybody else making a joke about it. I only, you know, it'd only be funny to me if it comes from him. Yeah, it's a bunch of different people who are like, oh, "I'm, I'm, I'm ready in case anybody comes up here tonight. I've got my hands up." And then other people who like do the opposite. They're like, oh, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fast tonight. I'm scared. If anybody comes up here, I'll be off stage so fast, and I can be able to catch me." But it's, it's like the same old bit, and I'm already sick of it. Yeah, it's John's bit was better. My pretending that you have no idea what it is was way better than the bit people are doing. I was way better. I still can't believe that uh, that Jaden Smith slapped his uncle at the Emmys. Oh boy! 
<laughs> oh boy. I'll keep going. I don't like it. It's time this to move on. This is going to be Drew. my new least favorite moment on the podcast. <laughs> it's time to move on. Because I will well, keep this I up. I just wanted to say that I enjoy speaking to you all on a regular basis, and especially in a pandemic era previously where you have less physical in person. Um, meetings with people. We started this a year ago, and I enjoy that I know I'm going to be speaking to you all regularly each week, and I enjoy that. I yeah. It gives me fulfillment. I enjoy, for some reason, each of your presence, even if it's via <laughs> a, a Zoom screen. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey, and thank you, audience, anybody who's listening to this today. Thank you. And I just assume if we keep doing this every week, eventually more and more people are going to listen to it, right? That's I just mean, how it, it works. Seems, just I don't it. know, man. I haven't been looking at the stats. You you got those. I don't know if we're on an upwards or a straight line or what, but I imagine... it's been pretty good. It's been pretty, pretty consistent. Good. If yeah, we have consistent growth, good. I mean, it, well, eventually we'll have lots of viewers. Yeah, I mean... I'm glad that we're doing... You guys are... Yeah, no, it's nice, it's nice to be able to talk with friends. Yeah, pandemic was... Beautifully said, Gary. Thanks. The Thank you. The pandemic has made social interaction very difficult, especially for people like me who always had trouble with social interaction. Uh, like, I in person, I get uncomfortable. And um, this is a nice way to talk to people without having to actually smell your your face Speaking of smell your face, I saw like right as we were starting, you really beefed yourself out over there. I did. I beefed myself out yeah. real bad. Yeah. I'm really glad that that's why we're another thing about doing this is we're not in person, so we don't have to deal with your beef. Yeah. yeah but... That looked good. Yeah, it looked like the some... word beef makes it sound so much grosser. Oh, it, it looked like really rich beef. You should have seen him. Yeah, you could cut it with a fork. Like, yeah, yeah it looked like that had been in the yeah. crock pot, brewing. And now you could put it over mashed potatoes and make it so gravy. <laughs> All right. This is a perfect opportunity for us to actually turn to some of the things that we've been watching. To turn the other cheek, Drew. Over, yeah, turn turn the other beef um, over the past <laughs> week or so. Um, so I guess I will start because I've got lots of movies to talk about. Yeah, good. And the first, first one I want to talk about is... Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Are you familiar with Marcel the Shell? I've heard a lot of people mention this. I don't know anything about it. Really? Okay. I remember uh, the Marcel the Shell like YouTube shorts from years ago. It's what is it, 2022 now? So what would it like a decade ago? And twelve the first Marcel the Shell YouTube video came out around like 2010-ish, I want to say. Mm -hmm. It kind of went viral. It's a little anthropomorphic seashell with a googly eye that talks and talks about his little life as a seashell, but it's voiced by Jenny Slate. Um, and it's actually directed by her 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 ex-husband, her husband at the time, directed and she voiced it. And uh, and it's like a, like a kind of like a mockumentary, right? Like it's like off-camera questions being asked to Marcel that Marcel answers. And so um, there, there were three short films, I think between 2010 and 2014. And uh, now over a decade later, there's a movie that's coming out. It's, it's been released, I think limited. Um, it's not released wide until July, um, but I got to go to a screening and I'll have a review up later. Uh, I wrote it for nerdtropolis.com. And it will be up, I think, in like July 11th or something like that. But I just st still want to give some reactions to this movie while I can here on this platform of ours. And uh, if you've seen those... Do you those think that in 14 years that uh, we'll get to make our own film also? Maybe. Fresh out the podcast, the movie? Or fr fresh out the no, podcast? Wouldn't that be awesome? I would want to make a Salad Fingers movie. No, let Salad Fingers make a Salad Fingers movie. Let's make Fresh Out the Podcast the movie. Yeah, it'd be about us. It'd be about us. We mm -hmm. we would be the characters. What? What would we do? 
it would be about fresh out the podcast. Okay. So it would just be us being fat pieces of shit, laying, <laughs> laying around, not doing anything, watching TV. Just sitting and talking. <laughs> it would be this, but longer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, You guys expensive. are getting it. Okay. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you guys totally get I didn't know if we were going to like search for a magical pick or like, you know, like have like a plot. Anyway, y'all uh, de- derailed me already. Uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. It's just, I'll just say this. It's a really, really sweet movie. It's its pretty charming. Um, if you've seen the YouTube videos, you kind of know what to expect with this. But And I thought, I was like, man, how are these three-minute videos going to translate to a, to a film? Like, am I going to get tired of this? And uh, I didn't. I thought it was super charming throughout. It is, a you know given a little bit of a budget so they can go bigger, but it still mostly takes place in this one house. Um, but it expands on the lore of these walking, talking little seashells. But uh, he does have if you haven't heard of it, on. look at it. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it, I'd say go to YouTube, look up Marcel, the shell with shoes on, uh, look and see if you can find the old YouTube videos there. They've got a lot of views, and they are they are pretty funny. Or uh, you can go to Pornhub and look at Marcel the Show with shoes off. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> definitely don't. Do I don't know what will come up. <laughs> I imagine I something. It's such a great title. I love that. That's what the parody is going to be called for sure. Mm-hmm. My favorite part in the movie is Marcel uh, says, "This is my bedroom." And it's Marcel's bedroom, but because Marcel's bed is actually just two pieces of bread that he sleeps between, he says it's his bedroom because that's where he sleeps. And that's the type of humor you can expect to find in this movie, which is Drew humor to the max. So that's the type of stuff that just it's pretty works. on brand for me too, buddy. <laughs> I might enjoy that. I get behind a, a bedroom. You so really. That, that's you sold it to Jahan and you didn't you did the opposite for me so <laughs> I, knew was, I knew that was just gonna be a turnoff for Gary mm-hmm. um yeah that's fine because <laughs> Gary hates fun I really do I can't stand joy and laughter and happiness I also watched a documentary on Netflix called halftime actually the full name is is Jennifer Lopez halftime. Have either of y'all happened to, to watch this or seen it on Netflix? Nope. I saw that it was there, and then I read the description, and I decided I did not want to watch that, I think. So, so right. And here is the premise, right? Is it follows Jennifer Lopez from, uh, like, mid to late 2019 as she... Learns that she's going to be performing in the the Super Bowl halftime show at the 2020 Super Bowl, and kind of follows her career up into that point. But it also does some reflective stuff, looking pa- past at the past of her career, um, but leading up to the Super Bowl halftime show. The thing about this movie, the only reason that I even want to talk about it on here is that all the Super Bowl halftime show stuff to me is the least interesting part of this documentary, which is supposed to be kind of the main reason for it and and there's some interesting things with it right like she was in it they made her co-headline with Shakira um when you know in the past it was always a sing, you know a single headliner and and some of the drama with that the interesting thing about this movie for me as an Oscar guy you know me I'm like all into the award season and all that good stuff and in 2019 uh, Jennifer Lopez had a little movie come out called Hustlers. Do either of you see that movie? She plays a uh, plays a stripper in it. No. I and... go out of my way not to watch Jennifer Lopez movies. Mm. Well, Hustlers is actually really good, what and she's Anaconda? really good in it. And she got a Golden Globe nomination for that movie, but was getting a lot of Oscar buzz for that. So not only was she preparing for the Super Bowl, but she was going on kind of the, the award circuit tour, you know, promoting hustlers and doing interviews and finally thinking she was going to get the career recognition 
you know, that, that some of these Oscar, you know how, the, how it is with the Oscars. Like a lot of people get nominated and it's like a, uh, uh, like almost just recognizing their entire career. And sometimes they win it because of that and so on. It, it was kind of that for her. Like, I think she, a lot of people really thought not only was she going to get nominated, but she was a front runner. And then she ended up losing the Golden Globe to Laura Dern. And then not only that, but she got snubbed for the Oscar. She didn't get nominated. And all of that is featured in the documentary. So you see her reactions to not getting nominated and and how much she really wanted to be nominated and wanted to win and and the validation it was going to get her career and the disappointment. And like in the award circuit, that's not really something you ever see. You, you read the articles of who got snubbed and who got what, and they might make a, a statement about it or a joke about it in the future, but it's rare that you get to see something like this in real, in real time. So um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, or if you're like an Oscar buff like I am and like following that, then I would recommend watching this just to see the kind of behind the scenes award stuff with her, but the actual Super Bowl halftime show stuff is way less interesting. So like, you know, if, if that is of interest to you, then, then I would recommend it. Not very much. She's oh. in it a bit, but not too much. There is more. Of oh, Cartman doing Bang. Jennifer Lopez hand puppet in it, oh, and there boy. is of Shakira. Why didn't oh, you that's, lead that's with that? <laughs> you buried the lead. It has Cartman. Come on. It definitely is referenced the the <laughs> Cartman Jennifer Lopez hand puppet. I was always more of a fan of Randy actually being Lord. <laughs> that was always really funny. Uh, yeah, no, sounds like. Uh, an experience. It's only six hours long, so no, it's <laughs> an hour and a half long. Yeah, what is it? The it's Beatles documentary. Um, how how was it? Was it fresh? Was it was it friggity fresh or not? Nah? Uh, doesn't sound. It like was fresh. It was fresh. Oh wow! It's like not quite fresh, but it wasn't bad. It's just fresh. It hasn't gone bad yet, huh? You didn't send it back to the manufacturer. You left it on the shelf. Someone else might pick it up. I thought that there were some interesting things in it, and, and learning a little bit more about her career, I did find to be interesting. But I just thought the award circuit stuff. Did was they talk the about Anaconda? Part of it? No. Then I'm not interested. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Best thing she ever. What did. else did you watch, Drew? So I want to talk about another film called cha-cha real smooth and it is on apple tv plus this was the big sundance acquisition this year i think apple paid like 15 million dollars for this movie out of sundance and uh it's interesting because in 2020 a movie came out at sundance or at uh, south by southwest called shithouse and shithouse was directed and written by and starring um, a young man named Cooper Rafe. I think when that movie came out, he would have been like 21, 22 years old. So wrote it, directed it and starred in it. And that movie is, uh, I happened to see it like maybe a year ago uh, because it was recommended to me by a friend and it's super indie small scale movie, but it's a very personal story of a young guy at college who's just kind of struggling to, make friends struggling to fit in and is really homesick because he's really close with his family. He moved halfway across the country and he's just really homesick, missing his family and struggling. And he starts a relationship with a girl and you kind of see how that plays out. And uh, I really, really liked that movie. It's, it's very small scale kind of coming of age stuff, but a very, very personal story that you could tell Cooper Rafe, the, the director, writer, actor, um, that's a very personal story for him. And he does this, he, he kind of plays this role in that film where he's a very awkward but charming, where it's like not necessarily cringy awkward, but he, he can give you that little bit of, of discomfort with just young people and, and how they are and, and like saying the wrong thing or stuttering over their words and things like that. But he manages to play it in a way that is that is charming. It's, it's very interesting. So that was his first movie. And now... Um, he's back. He had another movie at Sundance this year called Cha Cha Real Smooth. Another one that he 
wrote, directed, and starred in. Um, but this one, like I said, got bought by Apple for $15 million because it made such a good... Damn. Yeah, had a had a pretty solid premiere there at Sundance and was well-received. Um, it, it, I liked it, actually, a lot. It's uh, I don't think I liked it as much as I liked Shithouse, but he's definitely playing that same kind of character. Uh, very in line. But this one is about... he's. He is now like a, a young man graduated from college and struggling to kind of figure out what he wants to do with his life becomes a like a party starter or party host for bar mitzvahs in his town. <laughs> nice. And at one of them, he meets a young mom who has an autistic daughter and forms a bond relationship with her and, and with the daughter and becomes friends with them. And it kind of, it's kind of based on that. It's got uh, Dakota Johnson plays that young mom. And uh, Leslie Mann is, is in this as well and plays uh, Cooper Rafe's mom in it. And uh, I, there's some things in this that are like a little bit of a stretch from a writing standpoint, but I still just found it to be charming enough that I, I really, I really did enjoy this one. So um, again, it's called Cha Cha Real Smooth. It's, I think that this kid Cooper Rafe, he's 25, 24, 25 years old now. So he's pretty, pretty young and already had this big movie about at a Sundance. So he's a guy to kind of look out for in the future, I think from a career standpoint. Um, but I liked it. So you can catch it on Apple TV Plus. It's Cha Cha Real Smooth. Two things. You know, my single friends are always asking me what's the best way to meet girls. And I always tell them, um, just start hosting bar mitzvahs around your town. You know, you're, you're sure to meet somebody <laughs> that way. That's how you meet a good girl. Mm-hmm. I would tell them to go to Briss's. Uh, that's just me. Uh, so two things. Real quick. Uh, first off, I always I, I always put images up when we're talking because we do have like a video component to our live business. I always think it's funny when the top result is not the movie we're talking about. In oh this, no! In this case, because this is like a meme, like cha cha real smooth. You know, it's a song, whatever. Um, it is a, a, an unnerving paper mache Barney. Standing there with arms wide open. <laughs> oh, sure it is. Sure is. I just Googled it as well, and that is definitely... <laughs> so that's upsetting. Uh, the second thing is, imagine if Apple had chosen to be Banana. And that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. So, you. Banana TV I think it's site. just... I think it's noteworthy that this is sort of what happened with Coda, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Yes. And then Coda won the Oscar for best movie, and so this is. I think. I think we're kind of looking at a similar situation now. Is it's early to call it, but this year's this could be one of this year's things, right? Apple might start it, doing this. It definitely seems like the acquisition, like maybe that was their goal with it, especially with the amount of money that they dropped on it. But the way that it's been received so far, like it's been pretty positively received. But I don't think. Like, for me personally, I loved Coda. Obviously, I've sung that movie's praises on this podcast multiple times. I did not like this nearly as much as that, but I thought this was a very solid movie. And and honestly, the acquisitions that Apple TV Plus has been making for their movie library, I've actually really liked. I think that they've had some really solid Apple TV Plus original films. And so I think this one fits well on the service. I just want to make a, a pretty bad movie. Not not bad, but I mean bad comparatively. Like not fifteen million dollars out of Sundance good, but I want to be the guy who makes a movie that's like eighty thousand dollars out of Sundance good. You know, mm-hmm. that's a big deal for me. You know, I don't yeah. need fifteen million dollars. Eighty thousand dollars really changed my life. I could just make a, you know, I could make a little movie. That's fair. A little, yeah. little little pop pop. I guess. Right. So that's a good question. Uh, what what genre? If you were gonna make a movie, like you personally, like both of you, what would you make? Gosh. Horror comedy. Like both? Yeah, like, I would do a horror like comedy. I would style, do like funny horror. It would like a like an army of darkness esque. Mm-hmm. Lots of practical effects, a lot of cheesy one liners. Mm. I would have to star in it because like in the in the way that Sam Raimi just loved to torture Bruce Campbell while making the Evil Dead movies, it'd be Gary's opportunity to just make my life terrible during the filming mm. of it. Man, that'd be great. I figured you would get some 
extra enjoyment from that. I just, yeah, I just want cover to you in. I just want to be one of the monsters. Well, I probably should... have to make some sort of like, like coming of age movie myself. That's always a like a teen coming of age movie. That's always the type of stuff I resort to or like. Yeah, I think, the genre that I really like. I think a kids on bikes like sci-fi would be cool, or you know, obviously. Well, I would be really hella into making a creature feature of any kind, but um, a zombie movie obviously would be something. Zombies, I, yeah. Hmm. Everyone saw that coming, Never but I would also be down for you know any kind of monster movie because I love pretty much all monster movies, creature features, all that kind of stuff. You know, Gary, you asked about the awards race, and it's so early in the year now, and a lot of like the true prestige award movies don't start coming out until fall, um, winter especially. But right now, if you look at kind of the Oscar trackers and what they're saying, the only things that have really come out that are getting that kind of awards attention are Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I've talked about on here before, which is real good, and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen everything everywhere all at once, even though I really want to. Like, yeah, I would like to see that, and I figure that it'll be on a streaming service any day. That's now. what I was hoping for. When does that come out? It's it's got to come out soon on Blu-ray. Hold, oh, hold. The second I saw the, the the previews, I really wanted to see it, but I just never got to go see it. Yeah, sometimes typing, busy, typing, whatever. typing, everything, everywhere, all at once. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. This is. Oh, ooh, there's a 4K. Oh, the 4K comes out Tuesday, July 5th. Yeah. Oh, that's oh wow, that's okay. tomorrow. Yeah. That's that's in like two days. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna purchase that. Sick. Uh, are you gonna feature it on Drew's Blues? Probably so. <laughs> I'm gonna go break into Drew's house and watch it on his Apple. TV plus. So I've been talking, <laughs> I've been talking some movies. I'll let y'all talk some movies. I've got more to talk about, but I'll, I just want to hand it off to y'all. So I'm not talking the whole time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, you guys talked about it last time, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but hustle. I saw the Adam Sandler hustle movie. Uh, yeah, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I, I'm not a basketball guy at all. I didn't care about any of the cameos really. Uh, I mean, some of them I was like, man, I remember that guy. Uh, I remember because, you know, we all had baseball cards, basketball cards when we were kids. Uh, I remember like some of the people I was like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, whatever. It was just a good story in general. Um, it had, you know, one of the it had a really long sports training montage. But the training was kind of cool. Um, but all in all, the movie was pretty good. It was a good watch. We watched with the family. Um, family, family movie for sure. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was one of the least bad Adam Sandler movies recently made. <laughs> Man, I watched I watched Adam Sandler recently, and it or not Adam Sandler, uh, Happy Gilmore recently, and like that movie holds up like great. <laughs> movie solid all the way through. They don't make them like that anymore. But yeah, that was uh, one that I saw. Um, but as far as movies go, I think that's it. I don't think. I don't know if this was a show or if it was just one really long documentary. But I watched, uh, you were talking about Netflix documentaries, Keep, Sweet, Pray, and Obey. Um, this is about the Utah, like, uh, Latter-day Saint cult stuff that happened. Um, and it's pretty cringe. It's pretty cringe. It was cringe the whole so time. I saw a different documentary about this guy. Why can I not think of his name? Um... Old oh molesty. <laughs> yeah, I I saw a documentary about this a few years ago, and then I knew this dropped on Netflix. And actually, two weeks ago, when we were recording the podcast, we'd been recording for a few hours, and I went downstairs after we finished, and my wife had just binged this this series because it's like four episodes or so. She'd watched all of them while we were recording, so I caught the tail end of the last episode. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, actually. I was a lot of people caught the tail end in that documentary. It's always... Uh, oh. I feel like these documentaries... Oh, wow, Gary, wow. Uh, what? It, what? It's good to watch these documentaries because, like, apparently some people have trouble knowing when they're in a cult. Uh, so, hey, 
watch this movie and see if any of it seems even remotely familiar. You know, Warren Jeffs. That's what that weirdo's name is. Ugh. I that was wanted the son, to watch right? it. Uh, I wanted to watch it, but Brother Henry said that if I watched it, he would tell Father. So we're not allowed <laughs> to watch it in the homestead. Yeah, man, it's just creepy all the way through. Uh, an old guy married like thirty women, and then I think he even married some of their children. And then you know his son took over, wasn't any better. Said that he was like the chosen prophet of God, uh, reborn because his father was supposedly the first one. And then, you know, he said the apocalypse was coming. Then he had an egg on his face when it didn't. And then, you know, it just got worse and worse. It talks about some of the people who escaped the cult, like how they got away, that kind of stuff. Um, But it's just crazy, because, like, it wasn't that long ago. And to think of, like, because it was widespread, man. It was... Uh, this whole town. He owned this whole town. People gave him their houses. You know, um, he owned the police. Like they would do whatever he said. It was crazy, man. And like it was not that long ago. And it, it's really eye opening. Crazy. If there were like religious charlatans doing that now, and they had like hundreds of millions of dollars, and they owned stadiums and private jets, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, it'd be crazy. And they're age? using their influence to yeah change. You know, government policies and that'd be insane. Strip people of their bodily autonomy and yeah, it'd be horrible. Well, what a crazy yeah. dystopian world that you know I personally don't think it ever really happened. Luckily, no one uses the name of religion for their own personal benefit. It's just weird to me that some people watch Handmaid's Tale and like root for <laughs> the, the uh, what were they called? I forget what their country's called. <laughs> they root for the bad guys. And yeah, this is weird, man. That was actually a thing also I Also on uh, Netflix, uh, I was going to say, I've been watching God's Favorite Idiot. Uh, it's a new Netflix show. Um, and it is okay. I haven't it's, heard of this. I haven't heard of this either. It, uh... It's got oh, what's her name in it? <laughs> I see Drew's typing, so hopefully um, he gets some. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, this McCarthy. is the one she and her husband made. I, I love... have seen this one pop up on my. Oh, feed. what's her name? I love you the know. research that goes to. Her oh, podcast. what's her name? It's it's Drew does Melissa the McCarthy research. and Ben Falcone, which is her husband. See? And anytime they collaborate on projects, they're usually pretty bad. So I like Thunder Force. If I see his name pop up, I'm usually it's a deterrent for me. I'm like, nope, I'm I'm good. So she is like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. I don't think that she's very funny, but she does have her moments. Every now and then she hits it really big, but I feel like she misses like ninety percent of her jokes and she's real grating. Um, but the rest of the cast and the story in this is actually pretty funny. It's it's called God's Favorite Idiot. Um, she is just like the office idiot she is grating and horrible and nobody likes her and she's really mean and does a bunch of drugs and no one believes anything she says but a guy at the office is has the ability to glow like divine radiant light and really good things keep happening to him like he hits every single green light and he doesn't know why uh, and it turns out that he's chosen by God, and he just doesn't know why or to do what, and he's just an idiot. He just doesn't really know anything, but he's kind of just a really friendly, nice guy. Uh, and so he is sort of a you know a good harbinger of good. He's just also so simple and so dumb. And she's in love with his character. And if it wasn't for her, I think the show would be a lot funnier. But it's a lot of the people in the office are trying to help him figure out the who's it's and the what's it's like what his purpose is. Uh, so there's a, a larger supporting cast of pretty funny people. Um, if you like Melissa McCarthy, you will definitely like this show. I think uh, I like her sometimes the other, yeah, give it a shot. Then you, you might not hate it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, boy, I wish she was not on the screen right now uh, because the rest of the premise is funny. It's, it's just kind of, uh, like The Office meets Bruce Almighty, sort of, except Bruce Almighty's an idiot uh, and doesn't know how he's doing any of the good stuff. Um, so there's there's something here. You know, the show's not totally bad, um, but maybe it's just, like Drew said, maybe it's just made by the wrong people. But but conceptually, there, there's something here. 
So I would say if you don't hate Melissa McCarthy, watch God's Favorite Idiot. I really don't care for her comedy, and I got like four or five episodes in. I might go back and put it on in the background, um, watch it more. But it's, uh, you know, God's Favorite Idiot's not a total bomb. Yeah. Uh, is this on Netflix, you said? Yes, I do believe it's on Netflix. I've also you been got watching... Me on a, I'm just on a wormhole read, reading Melissa McCarthy's filmography and things, <laughs> and it's just like, she's been in some things that I like, for sure. Like, obviously, I do think she's very funny in, in Bridesmaids, and that's the one that really launched her and, and kind of made her more of a, of a leading lady. Um, and she's been in some comedies I think are okay, but I like more of her... She has a, a select few movies where she's playing a serious role. And I think she's a very good serious actor actress when she wants to be for how many it's, it's hit and miss. Um, but I do still find her likable. There's she's... something about her. That's not totally hateable, but her comedy can be grating is what I would say. She, she can be grating sometimes I can have enough of her, but there's a lot of comedians that are that way where, you know, they're, they're really funny in doses. Um, yeah. I'm just not sure if she can carry an entire show because she's so slapsticky. She is playing Ursula in the live-action uh, Disney Little Mermaid. Could be good. Movie. Yeah, yeah that's I, not bad. I, no complaints about that. That sounds perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, so I've also been watching a couple shows on Netflix. Uh, I finally, my family, we had to get together. Finally, uh, got around to watching The Floor is Lava Season 2, Gary. Yeah, hell yeah, Have my man. It? The day it, the day it came out, I told you you needed to watch Dude, that with your friend. I was laughing oh, yeah. so uh, hard. How are there only five episodes of Floor is Lava? Dude, them, probably because people got hurt. Because <laughs> there's a I... couple things. A couple oh, times. Oh, man. Yeah, like it looks like people are gonna spit out all their teeth. It's just like yes. straight face to platform. There's yes, been sir. A, there were a couple like people would jump, Drew, and like land and then slam their face as hard as they could into like a hard surface. And then they're like, I'm okay. And like, it was it, it's so good happened because a couple times. you can like you see them jump and their feet slide out from underneath <laughs> them and they haven't seen it yet. But as a viewer, you're like, uh oh. And then they're falling. And then they realize it. So, like, you can tell they can't even get their hands up in time. So you see their, like, chest tense up as they know they're going to commit face first to a platform. And there's just something about it that's just so great as they bounce back into the lava, never to be seen surfacing from the lava again. The lava eats you and you don't come back. Yeah, they never show you emerge from the lava. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, Season two, they added a new, like, I don't think they had it in season one where there's, like team versus team right it wasn't like that um so it was like that but they didn't keep the team in the arena so like you would go backstage whatever to the green room in between yeah, but, but now they, they keep the, the the team in the arena yeah, now and they keep then the, team the, in the two arena. winning teams have that like runoff on the big volcano and that's new yeah that's new yeah exactly so now there's three teams compete. Uh, the top two teams move on to the volcano, and they go at the same time across an obstacle course with their full teams, and they have to get to the top of the volcano and place rocks on it the fastest to win. And it's just, I mean, I laughed really hard. It's a good show. My check it out. fat, sloppy ass couldn't make it up that volcano with all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm probably in the same boat at this point in my life. Uh, but I don't know. It's just really funny to watch people, you know, get hurt. It's funny to watch people talk a lot of shit about how awesome they're going to do and then like go out real early. It's always a fun time. But yeah, Flores Lava season two is new rooms in Flores Lava season two. They have a lot of new fun traps and things to watch. If you haven't seen Flores Lava, now that there are two seasons, go watch Flora's Lava. There's a ton of content for it's you to fun, watch. And you yeah, should it's love fun, It's a fun show. Uh, it's good to watch uh, with your family. It's family-friendly fun. It's sort of like an old Nickelodeon challenge show mixed with uh, Ninja Warrior, where it's it's a lot of physical challenges like Ninja Warrior, but it's a lot of oversized, silly household traps that they're falling off of. Uh, and it doesn't have that level of competitiveness that Ninja Warrior does. 
they're mostly regular people in in Flores Lava, with with the exception that they're regular people that are in shape well enough that they're not going to sue Netflix <laughs> when they I'm get sure hurt. they have to sign something, but yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in shape-ish in that show. Yeah. Um, yeah that show's good. Uh, definitely watch great family-friendly fun. Uh, watch it with my family. We had a good time. The other thing on Netflix I watch, I finally got around to watching season three of Love, Death, and Robots. If you like seasons one and two, this is more... It's it's hard to say it's more of the same because, you know, every single episode is completely different. They do bring back some... I think they might have only done it once. They brought back, like, one of the scenarios, like, one of the set of characters for, like, a part two, which was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's more of the same. It's um, a bunch of different styles, a bunch of different unconnected stories. You know, it's an anthology. And you really... It's very... I don't know, you get to see a lot of cool stuff. One of them is, like, some of them are horror. Uh, I know one of them was uh, called, like, Tiny Zombies or something, and it was just, like, a really high-up shot of, like, little, like, like screaming people. They're like, me, 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 like, those kind of people, uh, like Sims or something, like, going through a, a fast-forwarded zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it was really funny to watch. It was, like, eight minutes. Um... And there's just and there, there's some really trippy stuff, some really visually uh, impressive stuff. It it's definitely still got whatever it is that it has. Um, and I didn't see anything. I didn't watch the last two. I don't think, but I didn't see anything that was necessarily triggering, Gary. I, nice. I, I know. I'm, I know. Season two like had a rough one. Robots. <laughs> yeah, there's some really violent stuff yeah. in that show. Um, I like it. Besides the you know the the the, the title is pretty telling. Death, love, and robots. You you get a lot of death, a lot of sex, and a lot of really cool futuristic stuff. Uh, That's good stuff. So I'm really cool with all the futuristic stuff, but a lot of death and sex I could do without. So I don't, I don't know. The show to me is pretty hit and miss. Um, just by, you know, by its very nature. I know I'm not the target demographic. Yeah. Uh, lots of, yeah, but that's that's pretty much everything I've been watching. I have been on my Hulu machine, been watching the Orville, been watching Holy Moly, staying kept up. Orville, New Horizons is still great. Uh, I don't really have anything to add other, you know, I've told you guys about the Orville before. Everybody knows I'm a huge Orville fan. It's a comedy. It's Star Trek, except it's funny. Um, I had actually went back and watched the, like the pilot episode again recently from the very beginning. And I think that a lot of the the comedy from the beginning is almost gone at this point of the show. Like a lot of the jokes that they would pause and decide for and do, they kind of wrote those out, and it's just kind of a much more yeah, serious it's weird. sci-fi they show. They kind of turned it into like just actually Star Trek, which what? is weird. Uh, yeah, I watched episode really, two. There's still some silly parts. But... I liked episode two a lot more than episode one. As episode two, was I, good. I do. I like that kind of thing, though, Gary. Like, if you've been watching a show for a long time and you go back and watch rewatch the pilot to see if there's anything new or, what, like, when you really know these characters and seeing how they've grown. I always, I always think that's a fun thought experiment in a way. They really cut so much of the comedy out, which is crazy to me because it didn't seem to have too much comedy in it in the first place. By too much, I mean it had comedy. It didn't I, have I mean, too I much remember... Comedy all the initial promos for it were like billing it as almost a Star Trek spoof because of how much comedy they, it seemed they relied on. And I remember you singing that show's praises back when the first season was on long before we had a podcast and you saying like, yeah, they make it seem like it's a spoof or something, but it's not, it's like a good show that has some comedy. And now it's just evolved to being a good sci-fi show. That's yeah, what, now it's just a good show. Yeah, they don't really push comedy like they did. Uh, the original scripts were really full of jokes, and now they're not full of jokes. They're, you know, not on purpose, anyways. Like they were. So it's it's great. The Orville's really evolved, and I think that it hold, will forever hold a place in, like, sci-fi TV show culture. I mean, it's, it's really great. Firefly only ever got one season, and people still sing its praises. And if the Orville had been canceled after one season, people would have been singing its praises. Uh, for sure. If it only had one season, people would have been like, oh, this is the greatest sci-fi show that never got made. Uh, it's great. The Orville's a great sci-fi show, and I, th I really hope it's here to stay. I know that now that Disney bought Fox, Hulu, all that business, um, so this is like a big Hulu flagship show. It's only on Hulu. It's got big green Hulu letters on it. 
And I would be really surprised if Disney didn't re-up the contract since they already re-upped it once and and made it a flagship show of Hulu. I would think that Disney and Seth MacFarlane will continue to work together to make this Orville thing happen. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm stoked. That, that's great news for me. Um, also on Hulu is Holy Moly. It's not like you guys don't know what that's about. It's mini golf. There's Muppets this season. And the uh, Rob Riggle's trying to replace Joe Tessitore with Muppets. You guys should check it out. <laughs> that's a really funny bit. You know, talking about about our year a year of podcasting i'm pretty sure it was like within our first episode or two gary was on the holy moly train talking about it then and i love that it's a a year later and we're still here talking about holy moly this is the closest thing holy moly has to an official podcast and they (laughs) they actually send me holy bucks on the down low uh they play me with holy moly bucks and so I, i preach their praises and it. what I, I what I mean is there are there are they send me bottle caps that are spray painted gold. Rob Riggle does this. He he spray paints them gold. He puts an RR on all of them and he mails them to me. Nice. And the other thing I watched was the bad guys. Uh, I I rented it. I did like a digital rentie, and it was like twenty five dollars. Which I looked at it and I was like, do I really want to pay twenty five dollars to rent this? And then I thought about how much I didn't want to get into a car uh, and go to a place and then pay $25 to watch it. Because there's going to be $25 for Annie and I both to watch it anyways. So uh, I really didn't want to go do it in person. I-, I watched like so much of the bad guys. I got I got almost to the very end before I, was, I looked at Annie and I was like, is this bad? And she was like, oh yeah, this is bad. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like I thought maybe it was just me. And then I immediately put on Zootopia and watched all of Zootopia from beginning to end, almost glued to the screen. Uh, the Bad Guys is really feels like a bad Zootopia. Really, really does. Um, it's like a world of animal people and human people, except they're the only animal people in this whole world. So they like stick out like a sore thumb, which I guess is part of the gag that he's the big bad wolf whenever you see he's a wolf. But he's usually just wearing something dumb like a mustache and they don't know that it, the humans don't know that they're wolves. Um, it just really made me miss that entire Zootopia world and how much magic they created with that and, and how compelling those characters were. Uh, how much better the the fox was than the, the big bad wolf of bad guys. So if you're planning to watch the bad guys, don't pay $25 to rent it. Just wait to see it as cheap as you can, and then actually don't watch it. Watch Zootopia instead. It actually, actually, the time by the time this podcast episode drops, it will be streaming on Peacock. It will be on Peacock as of July first. So yeah, go watch it on Peacock, or d- don't instead put on Disney Plus and watch Zootopia because that's actually like a really good. That's a good one. Um, and I have one last thing I'd like to talk about. This one is, uh, it's time sensitive. And by time sensitive, I mean that it goes on until July 11th. This is Deep Rock Galactic Summer Event. You know I play as my dwarves underground. I'd be tearing it up. Uh, you can get a hat. You can get two hats. You get summer hats. One looks like a pina colada with little leaves coming out of it. You have a little drink on your head. The other one is like a, <clears throat> it's like one of those pink pool floaty flamingos. It goes around your head, so it bobbles all over the place, and it's uh, it's like a little silly hat. Uh, it's like five missions to get them, wham, bam, done, easy. I did it in one sitting, my wife and I, because we both play Deep Rock. This is, I think, Deep Rock was only going to have like another event or two until their next huge update, which is supposed to be fourth quarter of 2022. Uh, there is something coming, is what the update says. And so I've been trying to, to keep my, my finger on the pulse of the Reddit community. And the the sort of decisions are it's going to be a space dragon, like a cosmic dragon. Or it's going to be a giant creature that dies and then there's a biome made of its flesh and meat. Or it's going to be gnomes. And I thought that the gnomes... <laughs> one there was no way it was true but the more i looked into it the more it seems that there is some 
causation to believe gnomes might be coming to deep rock in december it's kind of um, look at it i'll always let you guys know what's going on with deep rock galactic i'm sure i will let you know in like four months that they're doing halloween stuff uh that's probably what i expect to be their next big event but that's everything for me um i have a couple other movies that i wanted to talk about real quick that i was just going to go through real fast um, the first is a movie called The Worst Person in the World, which is about Jahan. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> wow. That's also what God's favorite idiot is about. I like, I like that out of, you know, your two options, you went with the brown guy, but I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, 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 come on. Race card. Boom. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. This is a uh, film. It's a Norwegian film. Um, so it's foreign, but it was back in last year's Oscar race was getting a lot of buzz and was very um, critically beloved. And so I finally watched this. It's on Hulu now, so you can stream this. And it's it's really good. I mean, it, it's just anybody who's been in their young 20s that kind of doesn't know what to do with themselves in a relationship can find something to relate to here where you know you think you're ready to settle down and then you don't know if you are and you can't really make up your mind it's just kind of that classic again i talk about coming of age stuff and and this kind of fits fits right in there um so it's like a lot of relationship drama but it takes a, a more serious turn in the end and and um i don't want to spoil what happens in it but it just yeah i don't know i i it's really good. And the, the lead actress in it, I'm going to, I can't even pronounce her name correctly since she is a Norwegian actress, but she is just super lovely and, and charming in it. Even if you don't agree with the choices that she's making in the film. Um, so yeah, so that's the worst person in the world. I, I do I recommend think her name it. is Helga Skjalfogad. No. <laughs> Looking at how it's spelled, it's Renate. Reinsv, but I'm sure that it's pronounced more with an accent that I am not capable of replicating. So anyway, so that's the worst person in the world. I also watched on Father's Day, I watched a goofy movie. Ooh. I made my daughter watch it with me because it's one of my favorite Disney animated movies. I would never say this is one of the best Disney animated movies. I think there are ones that are far superior, but this is truly one of my favorites. It's, it's, and it's up there, man. I would say it's up there. I love it, and especially since becoming a father, the fatherhood stuff in it and goofy as a dad and all that. Like, I just love it. And it, I've always loved it. And even more so it clicks with me in adulthood. So are you a dad? Drew? A goofy movie. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> what, what did you say? So, oh, are you a dad? You never mentioned it. Oh yeah. Oh, fair enough. Is that, <laughs> is me being a dad, the zombies yeah, it's um, the zombie thing for me? Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so anyway that's a goofy movie i just wanted to mention it and then um as far as some tv shows go you know i mentioned previously that i had watched hacks season one on hbo max and so i've been watching season two uh i'm a little over halfway through season two and if you liked season one i think you're gonna find more to like here yes gary you have question a comment i think i just finished hacks season one i think i just watched the last episode but you think you there did, might be another did. one. Yeah, I think I did. I'm not sure if I watched the season, the, the season finale or not. But I've been watching Hacks season one. And I think I'm, I might have just watched the last episode. I know that last time we had talked about it, you had recalled seeing the first few and liked it and then stopped. And then now you've gone yes. back and watched more. So would you say you still like it? I like, yeah, I like it more this time around. This Because this time I'm like... Uh, I was like, I'm going to watch Hacks. And last time I was like, what is this? So this mm -hmm. time I'm a little bit more focused to watch it. And yeah, I really do like it. Yeah, the second season, you know, the the in the first season, uh, the main character, Deborah Vance, played by Gene Smart, she's has like a Vegas residency and does a, a stand-up comedy show there. And the second season, she's on the road doing, she's touring. Uh, and so it brings a different element to the show because it's, 
like a has the road trip element to it that is interesting. Um, at first, the first there was a point in the first few episodes where I was like, I don't think I like this as much as season one. But as it's gone on, um, it's getting back into some of the character drama stuff, and I'm I'm getting back into it. So I've only got three episodes left, so I'll be finishing that within the next week. But I am still really liking Hacks. And then the other show that I have started watching, um, one of the most famous HBO television shows that I just have not watched to this point is The Sopranos. Um, I, you know, Sopranos started in 1999. I was 10 years old. I was not watching The Sopranos when I was 10 years old. And uh, I, I know was. a lot of, I know you were, I know, I remember Gary being at your house growing up and it'd be, you know, I assume it was Sunday nights that Sopranos came on and like it was Sopranos night and he had to be quiet because Gary's mom and dad were watching the Sopranos. And I remember me and Gary having to like make sure, you know, we weren't interrupting the show because Sopranos was an important show. Yeah. The closest um, thing my family ever had to a family night was watching organized crime together. Violence, (laughs) organized crime, violence and nudity every Sunday. I've been wanting to watch Gary. Have you watched all the Sopranos? Like, did you go back and watch the old seasons? Have you seen it all? I've seen it all. Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched it, but I've literally seen it all of it. Yeah. So I I started reading about getting in people's homes and then how they had to get their start and showing sports and boxing and then comedy specials and and all that kind of stuff. But of course, the Sopranos is a big part of that. And as I was reading it, I was like, you know what? I think it's finally time that I watched the Sopranos. So I am almost done with season one. Um, I think the show has actually aged really well. It's still really good. James Gandolfini is just incredible in it and is Tony. Rest Soprano. in peace, man. Yeah. He was just born for that role. And I actually have been reading a book, a different book along with this show and I'm holding it right now. It's called the Soprano sessions. Um, and Whoa. it is a book that's written by, uh, Matt solar sites and Alan Seppenwall, And they were both TV critics who were writing about the Sopranos as it was airing on TV and now have gone back and, and basically did like uh, this reflective book. But the way that the book is structured is they cover every single episode in this book with like analyzations and things. Cause Sopranos is such a well-written show and there's so much metaphor and things to analyze within it. And these guys kind of go into it. So it's been fun to read this book as a companion, you know, watch an episode, read about it in the book. Probably doesn't appeal to everybody watching a show that way. But for me, as somebody who likes to consume a lot of content, I've been really enjoying it. But yeah, I'm almost done with season one of The Sopranos and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not treading into any new territory here by saying Sopranos. Pretty good show. <laughs> Brando's a certified fresh out the box for sure. For sure. I've been, I've been steadily, I've been keeping up with it considering it's an hour long drama. Y'all know me with TV shows. I've been steadily treading along with this one and, and really enjoying it. So that's uh that's it for me. Yeah. You guys don't talk about what you want. I got a couple things that we've been playing. Well, I've been playing and then one thing that me and Gary played, but yeah. So first off, I finally, bit the bullet and got starship troopers the rts on steam um it was pretty fun a lot of callbacks to the movies you like the movies it was kind of interesting it's also one that i would say you could totally pass on it's not gonna it's not revolutionizing the genre better or worse than beavers beaver sim beaver sim like uh timberborn is what it's called uh that one no I'm renaming it. It's called Beaver Sim. No. <laughs> Timberboard was uh, it, it lost steam for me pretty quickly. I feel like there wasn't a lot of end game there. Uh, this game is more mission based and you know more combat based. Uh, this game's probably more fun. And Starship Troopers is a better theme than Beavers, but also debatable. This, this game was okay. Uh, yeah, it is debatable. Um, and then the other game me and Gary played, uh, Shredder's Revenge came to Game Pass. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, free to play on Game Pass if you got it. It's also available on all systems, I'm pretty sure. Um, one of the best beat-em-ups I've ever played. It's fantastic. It is 
uh, there's some like mild leveling up. There's a good there's a good campaign. The bosses are fun. Every boss is different. Uh, it's just a whole. I don't know. I really like the way each character plays differently. Like you're not just skin swapping. Like uh, Raph does the most damage, but like uh, Mikey's the fastest, and like you know they all have like Dantella has more reach. And Gary plays Leonardo, and I believe he's really good at juggling and, like, knocking people around. Um, and then also you can play as Splinter and April O'Neil. Supposedly you can play as Casey Jones, but we didn't get there if you can. Um, the bosses are really fun. I This game, if you ever, if you grew up playing Ninja Turtles on the Super Nintendo, Turtles in Time, any of that stuff, this game is everything those games are. And, like, it, this is... Uh, Fan service and homage done correctly. This is absolutely a game made by people that love the subject matter, and it shows in every like every level has at least one new enemy type, but usually it's more than that. Every boss battle is completely different and engaging, um, and you know there's collectibles. There's lots of fun stuff to do. Uh, yeah, there are collectibles in every level. They let you go different ways and interact with different characters. Um, yeah, the leveling up, you unlock bigger, longer combos the more you play, and new special moves. And it's six players all at once. You can play with six players it is online. Six players. And if that... you and like Jahan says, if you played that original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game, uh, Shredder's Revenge has all that same feel and vibe, but it's brighter colors, better music, cooler boss fights, and the maps are more fun. It's a great beat em up game to play with couch co op or play with a friend. You can play online seamlessly, no problem. Jahan and I played online, beat em up, and it felt like we were in the same room. Uh, I immediately called my brother and told Thomas, I was like, Yeah, you gotta add that Shredder's Revenge. It's, it's a lot of fun. And two of the guys from Wu Tang Clan did the intro music for the game. The music. So it's. Dude, we got Wu Tang on the so track. So hard, like me and Gary were jamming out, man. Like it was, it the music's great. It, this game is so impressive, man. Beat 'em ups are usually all the same. This game is like a breath, breath of fresh air. And yeah, I was really excited for the new Battletoads game that came out. I don't remember that, but that game, I played, I played that game, and it was fine. I've actually dabbled in Treader's Revenge too, since it's on Game Pass. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to play it with y'all. I played it by myself, which it's a testament to the game. It's still pretty fun to play on your own, but man, that six-player co-op seems like it would be way fun. Yeah, I would love to jump on to play with you guys. Uh, that game's really fun. Yeah, the Battletoads game was not co-op online. That's insane. It's, 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 we're in 2020. It came out in 2021, I think. That's right. I forgot that it wasn't even online. It wasn't online yeah, what a silly decision. That's bananas. You can't do that for a game where co-op is so crucial. Uh, and like, also it was only like max three players. I don't know, man. That game was like a fail. Everything in that game wasn't this game oh, was. You can play as Casey Jones, but you have to beat the story mode first to unlock him. Fair enough. Yeah, I really Casey Jones is so he's so cool, man. Like I saw him in action in some of the trailers, he looked dope. So we got we gotta do that. But yeah, no, um Shredder's Revenge is hundred percent certified fresh. Go play it now. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you own this game. You have it already. It's Go funny because it. it's fresh. But it isn't, right? It's the old thing recycled, but they recycled it so fresh. Like, it's so more fresh. fresh now than it was than you the first time you played it's it. It's so... Shredder's Revenge fresh still. Yeah, it is so good. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, I haven't talked about board games in a while here, uh, but I do every now and again. Uh, finally, finally, the backlog. I have so many games that are in warehouses in China right now. Like, I've ordered from Kickstarter... A bunch during the pandemic you know every now and again i would get one um none of them showed up but finally they're starting to come in uh you know i started getting i got like my nemesis locked down a while ago i just got me and jenny both ordered games from alley cat games they're a uk-based uh board game company um i got dice theme park which is you know the sequel to dice hospital uh looks super fun i haven't got a chance to play it i opened it up touched all the pieces it was nice uh, I got the Emergency Roll and Write, which is a Roll and Write based off of Dice Hospital. Very fun. Did get to play that. It was very quick, very easy. Uh, me and Jenny today, she also got Eternal Palace, uh, which is like a game about like painting landscapes, but it looks really fun and engaging, very pretty. Uh, nice components. And then she also got Paper Dungeons, 
uh, which is like it's a it's a like a simultaneous side by side dungeon crawl. You're all going through the same dungeon, but like on your own. Uh, some of the things interact with the other dungeons. Like if you pick up a gem in one dungeon, it's gone for everybody. That kind of thing. But you're leveling up your team of four heroes. Um, and trying to beat the bosses and get the most glory. Uh, and that one was absolutely a blast, a lot of fun. Alley Cat Games coming out with the hits. Uh, it's just nice to have board games coming in. Uh, and I'm probably going to have more to talk about board game-wise next time because um, by the time this airs, it'll already close. But our one of our favorite board game cafes, uh, there's only, like, a couple that we go to. There's Coral Sword, there's Teen Victory, and there's Battle Hops. Uh... Those are like the three big ones in Houston. Uh, Teen Victory is shut down forever. It's gone. It's done. Uh, they never quite recovered from COVID. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lots of reasons. It sucks. Because uh, they're always busy. They just couldn't handle it. You know, that whole area is going up. But this Wednesday, as of the filming, but last Wednesday, as of the release of this, uh, they are doing, they're selling off all their board games. I'm going to go try and get as many discounted board games as I can. Uh, so I'm pretty excited for that. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you get some good deals and some cool games that we can play. Yeah, man, I got my eyes on some. Like, I really want Suburbia. Uh, I'm hoping maybe I can get the Mage Knight, which is, like, a really big, expensive isn't, game. Isn't Suburbia the one with Shia LaBeouf? I don't know what joke you're making. What are you talking about, Suburbia? Yeah, it's Disturbia. It's oh, a movie called Disturbia, <laughs> and it's not... Not the song by Rihanna. That's funny. Isn't Suburbia the one with Holly Berry? What's he doing? What's that, what's one? that one? Yeah, Gothica? That one? Gothica? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is Gothica. I remember that. All right, let's stop. Let's just close <laughs> let's the stop show. Let's stop while we're Yep, let's wrap it, wrap it up. Hey, wrap thank it you, up. everyone, for listening to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Johanna, at RockFact on Twitter. Thank you for listening to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am the board game guru, Jahananan, at RockFact on Twitter. What? You are? Hmm. Okay. Well, I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, and this has been episode 52 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Wow. And I'm Drew Munhausen. And this has been. <laughs> <laughs> stay fresh, everyone. Stay fresh. Hey, stay fresh, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yeah.